Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and on today's episode we're going to be doing a year-end wrap-up. We'll review our top five movies uh, for both of us, and then we'll also go through some other things like best uh, monster, um, best performance, worst movie, and a few other fun categories. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we hope this will be a fun discussion between Brian and I. And uh, I'm excited to hear about some of the movies you've seen, Brian. I think we're going to keep this spoiler-free, right? Yeah, yeah, let's keep it spoiler-free so everyone can listen. Okay, cool. Yeah, so if you haven't seen any of these movies, don't worry. And uh, I think it's worth noting that, uh, I mean, I I looked at some of the top lists, and I think there are a lot of movies I haven't seen from this year. So uh, I I know my list is going to be kind of uh, condensed to um, probably just a a few of the big ones. Uh, How how do you feel? like? Do you feel like you've seen a lot of the 2021 films? I've done better than any other year. I've seen a good chunk of them, but there's still... Still a lot I, I wasn't able to see. Um, so I've got a pretty good sample size. It, it, it could be better, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good list here. That's awesome. Yeah, and you did a really good job of like kind of packing them in the last few weeks, right? Yeah, I really tried to cram these past few weeks, and it was fun. I, I think yeah. next year I'd like to get better at maybe having some quarterly crams so I can be a little bit more up on it by the end of the year. But yeah. I'm happy with, with where I'm at. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like I came up on like October, November, and suddenly there were like all these movies I'd never heard about that uh, started making these lists. Um, There's always a bunch released in the last quarter of the year, so it's yeah, ah. it, you can, you can't, uh, you can't wait to watch the stuff from like the first half of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you can, but then you you find yourself in a cram situation. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's funny. You know how like some companies have like uh, their fiscal quarter or whatever, the fiscal year, and it, like starts yeah. at, like at a different time of the year. I wonder if uh, for horror films we should be using a different calendar. Exactly right. Yeah, I use uh, the fiscal year for our podcast calculations and of our start date of June sixth. Ah, no kidding! Really, that's awesome. (laughs) I didn't realize that. I guess that that aligns with like when we do our anniversaries and stuff. So that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Good call. Um, All right. Well, before we get to the top five, I wanted to see if you had any general thoughts about the horror genre in the year twenty twenty one. Uh, any trends you observed or where it was compared to previous years? You know, my general thought over the past few months leading up to this episode was was disappointment. <laughs> yeah. uh, that has been uh, eased by, by this sprint I did cramming for this episode and watching some of the movies that weren't major theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found, and I don't think I'm totally alone here, even though people... You know, there's a lot of people who had a movie, a major theatrical release that they were anticipating and that didn't let them down. But it seems like a good chunk of us. We were really looking forward to these movies for years <laughs> because of the delay with COVID from everything. And then, you know, we're heading into 2021 with what seems like it should have been a packed year of anticipated films. And they were all just kind of like, okay, like the Candyman remake, Last Night in Soho, Conjuring three like all stuff people had their eye on for years halloween kills and you know some people may have been like yes that was exactly what i expected but it seems like most people were like yeah yeah good not great right um so that was a little bit of the theme of my journey Mm -hmm. um yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like those those ones everyone were, were, were waiting on uh, and, and the ones that came out in the theaters, which were just a few, uh, yeah, kind of like weren't as big as people expected them to be or as good. And I, I wonder if it is because like it's delayed by a year and so your um, expectations for it just kind of jumped up. Like, do you think if those had came out, come out on time, uh, they would have been less hyped and uh, maybe received a little bit better? Maybe a little bit, but they just weren't great movies. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, one or two of them were, and I'm sure we'll maybe talk about one or two, but um, for the most part, they were pretty middle of the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of them were downright bad. Right. Um, So I don't think it was a great year at the theater for horror. Money-wise, it wasn't bad, but uh, in terms of reviews and the fans, I think some of those big movies we were looking forward to were just okay. Right. Um, yeah. But I think there were plenty of other little treats peppered in that that maybe had direct to uh, streaming releases or VOD releases. Right. Yeah. I think I think this year kind of continued the trend from last year of a lot of streaming content, a lot of independent films. Um, did you feel uh, with like a lot of the streaming films 
they a lot of them were like pretty weighty, like uh, atmospheric and uh, like grief focused versus maybe like more like fun uh, horror that like we've had in the last few years. You know, I actually found myself finding a lot of fun horror in oh, some really? of the the non theatrical releases. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But of course, uh, something that is slower and weightier tends to lend itself more to a VOD or streaming release rather than the theater. Like, sure. Yeah. I don't know. The Lodge and uh, St. Maud, th- these kind of things aren't going to knock them dead in the theater. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess like some of the lists I've seen where they're compiling movies and a lot of them I haven't seen, but things like Lamb, uh, St. Maud, uh, Nighthouse, uh, like a, a lot of these that are like making the top 10 list, I, I thought were more kind of like heavier drama horror than maybe in like previous years where we might have had more um, blockbuster horror or, or something more palatable. Yeah, I mean, the A24 trend is real. That's a real thing for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's taken off. <laughs> You're still in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we also have an ongoing discussion over the past few years about politics in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people say like, hey, I don't want all these politics in my movies. It's like, oh, I see lately. And the other crowd's saying, hey, it's been there for forever. Um, nothing new. And I think both of those are, are correct. I think it has been there forever, but it, it's a bit more front and center in some, at least, releases these days than it ever has been. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, and you've got this weird three-year-in-a-row trend where the past three years there's been kind of a woke feminist remake of a classic horror movie. In 2019, you had Black Christmas 2019. Uh, 2020, you had The Craft Legacy, and then this year you've got a reboot of The Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of an interesting, tiny little trend that's happening. Um, yeah, that's And awesome. people have... I really liked Black Christmas 2019. I feel like I'm the only one. I think you were okay on it, too. And then I haven't seen The Craft Legacy, but I've just heard the theme of these is way over-the-top, in-your-face commentary. Um Slumber Party Massacre did it a little bit more gently than those other two, though, I will say. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, You know, I, I just learned today there's a Hocus Pocus uh, coming out next year, like a sequel. I wonder if that's yeah, going like, to right? continue that trend. Which uh, No, I don't think Hocus Pocus will take that route. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, At least yeah. not as in your faces. I, don't, I mean, if it does, it's got the room, too. It's, it's more of a comedy. Sure. Yeah, I guess it already starts as comedy, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's a really cool trend. I, I, I'm glad that's that's happening. Uh, I still haven't seen the original Slumber Massacre. Um, have you? Uh, I, I, can't, I don't know if I ever saw the whole thing, but I saw a good chunk of it a long time ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah cool. All right. Well, yeah, that, that, that's good. Uh, any, any any other observations, or do you want to jump to the rankings? Uh, I don't know. I have another observation, but I'll save it for the worst movie of the year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, okay, so let's get to it. We're, we're going to jump into our top five uh, horror films of 2021. Um, what do you think, Brian? Do you want to do, like, you want to say one, then I'll say one, and then you say another one? Yeah, yeah. let's let's do it that way. <laughs> um, obviously, we should start at five, right? Okay. All right. So go ahead. What, what was your number five? My number five was the Wrong Turn remake. Ah, okay. I didn't see that one. It was good. I thought it was. I think some people could be surprised to see that on here. It's a little silly in a lot of ways, but I thought it was a lot of fun. It follows the this group of kids who decided to like spend a few days hiking the Appalachian Trail in this remote area, and of course things go horribly wrong. But I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. It started out being like, "Hell, oh, brother, this stupid thing," and then it got to be like, once the things that happen happen, mm-hmm. it was a fun ride. Um, and took some interesting twists and turns, and it had a really good uh, lead performance, even though it's not the type of movie you think of when you think great acting. Yeah. But Charlotte Vega did a really good job as the lead. Um, it's a fun movie. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Do you have to yeah, watch... Yeah, don't go in expecting the world, but yeah. it, it's a fun fun movie to just turn on and enjoy. Do you have to be familiar with the original to enjoy it? Apparently not, because I have not seen any of the Wrong Turn movies. Okay, cool. And it holds up. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's like one uh, I really wanted to get to, but I, I didn't get to that one. The, the plot looks really good. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, good good one there. Good start. Uh, my number five was uh, No One Gets Out Alive. 
Uh, it was a film that I think came out on Netflix uh, a month or two ago. Um, great uh, film about uh, a woman in Cleveland. So obviously that that gets a lot of points. Um, who is an immigrant, an undocumented immigrant, uh, trying to make her way um, and trying to uh, survive in this new house that she's rented a room in. And I just thought it was like really creepy and eerie and hit on like a topic that's pretty relevant right now and kind of captured uh, an immigrant experience in, in the U.S. and how difficult it can be. Um, kind of like, uh, there was another movie last year that, uh, his house, his house, right. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a nice kind of progression from that into like a, a U.S. setting in an Ohio Midwest setting, which is pretty cool and uh, great cool. performances and cool kills. Did, did you see that one? No, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. It's really cool. A nice, nice, like kind of haunted house feel to it. It's fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Uh, number four. My number four. I don't know if this was a Shudder original or just a movie on, I think it was just a movie on Shudder. It was called The Medium. It is a Thai, South Korean picture. Oh, nice. And it is a lot like, I would compare it to um, like Mungo. It's Mm -hmm. like a a documentary style movie, a mockumentary or faux documentary, whatever you want to call it. And it's just very matter of fact at the beginning. You're you're following this family. There's not a whole lot of horror for a while. Not, you know, pretty similar to Lake Mungo in regards to Moon and everything. But then instead of keeping it pretty close to the vest like Lake Mundo, Mungo does, it does have a point where things just go berserk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just a really fascinating movie. It's always interesting to me to see. And it really focuses on, on you know, the culture there. Um like there's a, a woman is a shaman, like the main character. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting, unique film to see. And it also like went pretty bonkers, a, a type of bonkers that I really enjoy in my movies. Um, oh, that's awesome. It, it may have even gone too far with it, like an opposite of Lake Mungo. But uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable and interesting film. I, I'd highly recommend it. That's cool. And that's on Shutter. Yeah, it's called The Medium. Oh man, I'll have to check that out. I, I didn't have that one uh, on my radar at all. It's so cool because I, I feel like this year we didn't watch many foreign films. I was I was, I was going to say that was like a big hole for us, but uh, this was yeah. A, I, we didn't do a great job with that. You're right. No, yeah, and and this one's a Thai film. Yeah, I think it, it, I on Wikipedia it says a Thai South Korean film. Nice, nice, cool. But I think it takes place in Thailand. Okay, all right. I'll have to check that out. Good one. Uh, shoot. All right. Well, I, I think my next one you've seen, uh, my number four, I had Censor, uh, pretty cool film about, and I just saw this like a week or two ago, um, about a woman, um, somewhere in the UK, I think where, uh, she is responsible for censoring, uh, violent films. Uh, and the, it's kind of cool cause they, it feels a little bit sci-fi in terms of you have this, uh, group that is responsible for cutting these films down. And then when murders and kind of things happen, the responsibility that comes and gets placed on them. So cool parallels, I think with some of the things we've talked about on the show when it comes to the MPAA and the whole rating system, and especially like with the last screams that we've seen, how those have been criticized for influencing violence in society. So I thought it kind of made it like a really, really cool commentary point and some incredible performances I thought by, uh, the lead actress and a cool backstory and, and great visuals. Uh, so I really enjoyed that one. Did you, you saw that one, right? I did. And I totally agree with you. And it's almost historical fiction because in the eighties in, uh, the UK, there was this period of time where there was a list that was the video nasties and all these movies got put on the list. These movies were banned and considered like the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. We've talked about many of the movies that are on this list. So this takes place in that video nasties area and she is responsible for screening the films like she's she's on the board or whatever oh yeah um, right it was the 80s because you have like margaret thatcher too in the background exactly yeah interesting so uh, yeah i would echo everything you said it really unique take on a film and it's it's like drenched in horror imagery a lot of what you see is just these movies she's watching you know right, right. um which are really just fun homages to like 80s campy gory yeah. movies it's it's a really fun movie and also like a surprisingly serious psychological dramatic right. movie uh so yeah cool i'm glad that's on your list yeah yeah and kind of meta too it's it's really interesting yeah uh great all right what's your uh, number three my number three is jacob's wife starring barbara crampton oh nice yeah this is a, a vampire movie i don't think it makes any bones about that um and it's just kind of an interestingly told take on the vampire story. And Barbara Crampton, uh, 
you know, I tempt to say she's getting up there in years. Not really. I'm just probably 50s. Um, but it's an interesting plot because anytime you see a movie that's not about a bunch of young, like teenagers or young adults dying, it's a little something different. So this takes place on a couple, like midlife couple, not the greatest marriage. And there's just a lot of interesting relationships uh, and like feminism dynamics uh, baked into this story. And it's also just kind of a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And it feels like a long time since I've seen a vampire movie that felt like a very traditional vampire movie, but not necessarily, this wasn't necessarily a traditional story. So mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty unique film. It's got a, a unique tone. It might take some getting used to. You might not like it for the first 30 minutes or so, but uh, by the end of the movie, I found myself really digging it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that movie really picks up in like the second half and like, and yeah. it takes a, a whole like left turn and uh, it, oh, it does. I had like one really big beef with it. And then the beef I had with it, I was like, Oh, I get it. And like my beef got turned into a strength. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I don't want to reveal what that is, but. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if that's one we should cover at some point. So th- that is a really fun movie. And it kind of made me look at vampire movies really differently. Like I loved uh, the, the the feminist issues they brought into it and, and her character was just so great. Um, and, and I think we talked about this on the last episode, but the idea of like uh, how repression can kind of like lead to dangerous behaviors. Um, sure. I, I feel like some of that, uh, this film kind of starts in a very like kind of uh, quiet and like repressed state and then blows up from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun watch. It is. I, um, oh shoot. I just thought it made me want to watch more vampire movies. Yeah. Right. I know. I thought I was done with that genre, but this, this is a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good, good pick. Yep. Um, from my number three. Oh, okay. I had uh, a quiet place too. And, um, yeah, just, uh, I thought that was like one of the best theater experiences of the year, uh, really did a good job of building on the first one, which I thought was one of the best movies of the year that, that came out and kind of translated that story really well into, um, a new territory and with the remaining cast, new challenges and great sequences. Uh, I feel like we're going to talk about this movie later, so I don't want to go too much into it, but, uh, just a really strong film. And my favorite part was that gave some of the background too on, uh, where like the original threat had come from. Uh, so that was, was kind of cool to see that play out. Um, but great, great performance by Emily Blunt's. And uh, again, oh, I forget what the daughter's name is, but she, she was really good as well. Yeah, um, Millicent Simmons. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Millicent Simmons. Uh, right. So yeah, great, great, great film and, and fun, fun. Uh, I think that was probably my first theater watch this year. Was that your first time to the theater? Yeah, it was. It, it, it was a good theater experience. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, my experience in the theater itself wasn't great, but it was a good theater movie. It was, it was, yeah. The, the silence, the way they use that. I feel like it was yep. like everything that works really well in the first film and then kind of blown up into a, a, another setting, which is really well done. Right. Uh, cool, man. That, that was your number three? That was my number three, yeah. You want to go to your number two? Yeah, my number two is Censor. I, <laughs> I loved that movie. <laughs> nice. um, I would echo everything you have to say about it. Yeah, yeah. You really enjoyed that one? I did. And uh, you said this already, too, but I would just echo a really great performance by Neve Algar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like a true main character. You're just really watching her journey the whole time. She's really intriguing. Just a refreshing story. And I I loved it. I really yeah. want to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did definitely watch that again. That's a really good one. I think my number one is a better all around movie, but Censor is like the best horror movie of the year. Okay, cool. Yeah, since it was a like a great true horror film, like it, it, yeah. you know, a lot of these uh, can go into other genres sometimes, or you're kind of questioning it. But yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, yeah. My number two was uh, Candyman, which you know I, I definitely understand there were a lot of high expectations going into that film, and it probably wasn't like what everyone was expecting. But I thought it was like a really important film and one that like it kind of like stuck with me uh, like for weeks afterwards and trying to like uh, interpret everything that went into it. I thought it was like really strong, especially the first and second uh, parts of it. It did, the logic kind of did uh, fall a little bit on the third side or some complexities came in, which uh, complicated the storyline. But overall, I thought it was a really intriguing story, really well directed, great like cinematography and great way to tie back to the uh, original franchise, which uh, I, you know, I love the original film. So I, I just thought that was like a really important movie of the year. Wow, man. I'm surprised to see that so high up. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been one like uh, that I've, I've really been wanting to rewatch. And there are not a lot of movies that I feel like, you know, you can rewatch and like there are a lot of different layers you could take off. But I, I know this is one that like would be really fun to go back to and see a few times. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Well, um, ready for the grand finale? Yeah, let's do it. All um, right. My number one horror movie of the year is A Quiet Place Part 2. Ah, okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I mean, it was a, almost like a perfect movie. It just, to to go from the last one and to not totally fuck up the magic of the first one yeah. and still make a totally awesome and effective movie that's kind of effective for all the same reasons as the first one, but in its own breed, you know? It's kind of like the alien to aliens jump. It's a bit more action heavy it wasn't as horror focused but it was still really really tense right um i was just gripped the whole time i thought it was just nearly flawless in execution i think it's the best movie i saw this year i think censor holds a special place in my heart because it's more horror heavy so i had a tough time with these two um but in the end uh i i put a quiet place part two at the top i gave that a five and i gave censor a four and a half nice nice yeah, Quiet Place too, man. That, that that was a cinematic feat, and and so great to see a sequel that does such a good job. But I, I agree with you on uh, it being less horror compared to the first one, since you're on like this more like world setting than uh, just like a family on a farm, um, right? And I think, and to see all these other like franchise movies with a lot of expectations on them just be totally kind of underwhelming or downright bungled in some cases in my mind. I'm yeah. just all the more impressive that Krasinski just hit it out of the park again. Sure. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's two for two so far. He's so really good. Uh, yeah. one, one critique I've heard of that film, though, I want to see what you thought. Um, I think some people thought it didn't move the plot uh, forward enough because basically the ending is very similar to the ending of the first one in terms of like where they are in terms of uh, technology and stuff like that. Uh, are you, do you what, what do you say to that criticism? Really? I felt like the ending... Um... Well, I think we're going to get into spoiler territory if we talk about that too much. Okay, all right. <laughs> I disagree with it entirely. Okay, but good. I think that's all I'll say. <laughs> I, I will say screw you and we'll move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, do you want to do any other? You know what movie I'd like to mention in this discussion? Uh, which one? There were two movies released this year that I did not finish. Okay. And one of them... I did not finish because I didn't like it, and that was Seder. <laughs> Seder, and okay, I didn't see that one. The other, I didn't finish because I just couldn't handle it, and it was called The Boy Behind the Door. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've seen that It was one. so tense. It, it's about two little boys that are kidnapped. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, two little boys at home, and I just, like, couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I turned it off, and I was like, I'll finish it later today. It and then I didn't. And then the next day, I was like, I really got to finish that. And I was like... Ugh, I don't want to turn this on. I don't want to find out what happens, even if it's a happy ending. Wow. It's um, just like too scary a movie for you? It's not that it's scary. I would compare it to A Quiet Place Part 2. It's just so tense. Oh, okay. I okay. mean, it's darker than A Quiet Place Part 2 for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not so much horror elements as like constant nail biter. So mm. I would go ahead and recommend that movie, even though I didn't finish it. Okay, okay. So those are your two honorable mentions? Yeah, that was not well. Seder isn't an honorable mention, but uh, um, the boy behind the door is because I felt like what I was seeing was very good movie making. I just couldn't bring myself to yeah. go to that place again. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think that's like uh, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes and like the highest scored horror films of the year, I think that one is like at the top. It's got like a ninety yeah. percent plus or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Shutter put out a little like email. Uh, newsletter with their best reviewed movies of the year and that was on there yeah okay cool so it was slack so take that with a grain of salt <laughs> yeah i thought that was gonna be your number one <laughs> <laughs> oh no sir right. hopefully that comes up later uh <laughs> all right cool uh so my number one was uh i don't think you saw this one uh the fear street 1994 right? i don't think a lot of people are giving uh this one a lot of praise um, and you know, it's, it's not like a super, um, like artistic or, or smart movie, but it's like a lot of fun and the characters are like really lovable and it was just like kind of the movie I needed this year where it's just incredible soundtrack, uh, a cast that like gets along really well, um, and works together really well and like some cool, like killer visuals and, uh, some really cool kills as well. Uh, so just a really well, like tight, uh, defined movie. And then I think there are three of them. But the first one, like, really got me, and uh, I, I just thought it was like a great kickoff to the series. Um, have you have you caught any of those yet? 
No, I've been putting those off because it's like a three movie deal, and I should I should I should check them out at least the first one. Yeah, yeah, I, it's like one of the I I didn't feel like uh, I felt like each one was like kind of standalone, like you didn't have to watch all three, so which was kind of cool, like not not like uh, any huge cliffhangers, like each of them like equally satisfying, but that first one uh, really really got me. It was, it was really well done. All right, well, cool. I think we've each given each other some movies to check out as well. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. I, I thought we'd be uh, arguing about this a lot more. Um, All right. Any other like honorable mention type stuff you want to sneak into this combo before we move on to other superlatives? Uh, I had a Jacob's wife that you talked about that one. Uh, so that was a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, and, and that's the only one. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got like a my. Yeah, I had a lot of number fours that didn't make the list. I won't mention them all, but mm-hmm. I would I would say VHS ninety four had like the coolest moment or the coolest I don't know fifteen twenty minutes of a movie I've seen all year. Yeah, it, have you seen that one? I did. Yeah, I can't remember what the segment was called, like the machine or something. Oh, okay. I can't remember. You probably know the the one I'm talking about. Right, where right. It's like a mad scientist one. Yeah, it's directed by uh, Timo. Uh, I can never remember slash pronounce his last name, but he's the guy that did How the, uh, May the Devil Take You. Okay. And he did the like cult skit from VHS 2. Yeah. I just, I like what he puts down and he did not disappoint with that segment of VHS. I thought the whole movie was pretty good, but that segment was yeah. awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we should do an episode on that one. I think that's a, a good one to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. That could be fun. Um, yeah, that, that was the, that was the one, the sequel or the, the anthology or like the, what do you call it? Like the chapter that got to you? Or that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of the chapters, but that one just kicked ass. Okay. Okay, cool. I wouldn't say it got to me. I just loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one, uh, felt very like, uh, action though. Like it's almost, it was almost like you were playing a video game. Yeah, it, it did. It was, just, but it was also like hyper gory and just, it was kind of freaky too. Yeah. And disturbing. Sure. 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 That was a fun one. All right, cool. Uh, any other things you want to mention before we jump to the next topic? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the best performance of the year that we saw? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. I'm wondering if we're going to have the same one, but uh, you go for it. I have a whole paragraph where I rant and rave about it and like how I'm having trouble deciding. Uh-huh. So let me scan that to see where I actually landed. Okay. Okay. I got it. Okay. You're right. We might have the same one. I chose Rebecca Hall for the Night House. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, did you want to think... rant about it? Yeah, sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll rant, and then if it's yours too, you can add to my rant. Sure. Uh, there were a few uh, people that stood out to me, but I just feel like that movie just needed that performance. Not that it wasn't a great movie, but it wouldn't be half as good without her performance. She carried the whole film. She felt very real. Uh, and she really brought the dialogue to life. And it's just one of the most believable and honest characters in recent memory. And I think a lot of that is due to her and goes to her credit. And she was alone on the camera so often, no other actor to play off of, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was not easy. And she just nailed it. So yeah, I think uh, that it was a tough answer, but at the same time, she she became the clear front sure. runner. But who did you choose? Uh, you know, that's who I had as well, but I, I would disagree where I, I think uh, she made that movie, like, without her, I don't think that movie would have been, like, uh, anywhere near kind of, like, where we ranked it. Um, like, that that movie, I feel like, was her and, like, her portrayal of uh, this widow, like, uh, going through the, the trauma of, of losing someone. So, uh, sure. but yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Like she's, she, she did an amazing job there. Um, I think, but I, I was between her, who, who else was on your list? Uh, Neem Algar, who, or no, Neve, I think is how she pronounces it. Neve Algar from Censor. I thought okay. that was a great performance. Yep. Uh, who else was on yours? Um, I've got a couple more. <laughs> I had her. Then the other person I had was, uh, Agatha Roussel from, uh, Titan. I have her too. I think she pronounces it a god. Oh, a god. Okay, okay. And and yeah, she just like transforms herself like on uh, in the movie. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. She was a contender for me too. That I mean, that movie too probably should have an honorable mention just for being bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> it was really bonkers. Uh, I struggle. Uh, I I just saw that one like hours ago, and uh, I struggle with putting it like too far into the horror category because like I, I don't know. Part of it starts to feel more like drama, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. But do, do, do you feel like it's a true horror movie? 
I feel the same way as you when you're done. It doesn't feel like horror. But then, like, if you wrote down a list of some things that happened in the movie, <laughs> then you'd be like, all right, yeah. fine. This is a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on Fear for the Flat looks messed up. <laughs> but my yeah, what, other, what a performance. It was. It was a great performance. And my other contender is a guy named Dave Davis, who was the lead in The Vigil. He just oh. gave a really authentic performance in that movie. Okay, okay. I need to see that one. And that movie is about a guy who, shoot, I can't remember the term for it. I want to say he sits Shiva, but I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's like an Orthodox Jewish, or it may just be a Jewish in general tradition of making sure somebody is with the body. um, Oh, yeah. Awake all night long, overnight. Yeah, Yeah. after someone dies. Um, So he's sitting that with with a body that he's paid to do it because this person had very little family Mm -hmm. and things start to happen. Um, But he's himself is a really fleshed out character and he just gave a really again um authentic performance it was very believable um and that's a fun movie not amazing but a lot of fun okay cool yeah i like that premise a lot i'll check that out for sure all right um all right i'm excited for this one uh worst movie of the year what do do you got this was a difficult one did did you have a few contenders (laughs) yes The movie I rated the lowest this year is kind of a small independent film that I don't feel like throwing shade at outside of a more nuanced discussion of the movie. Yeah. So I narrowed my choices down to two 1.5 ratings that I gave, which was Halloween Kills and Army of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I have to pick Army of the Dead because I could at least see what Halloween Kills was trying to do, and Army of the Dead just threw every (laughs) storytelling convention in the garbage, which seems... Total opposite of what you should do when you're making this big, loud action movie tailored to the masses. And it just sucked. Even the big, loud action stuff was underwhelming to me. I thought (laughs) it was a bafflingly bad movie. Sure. Uh, It foreshadowed things that didn't even happen. It threw out this half-ass alternate timeline that everyone on the internet made a big deal about, but it's the dumbest thing in the world. It doesn't make it a good movie. (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) It was one of those movies that made me hate people a little bit more just because... Yeah. People like the movie. <laughs> because that was made. Listeners, I know that you plenty of you like this movie. I've talked directly with some of you. Yeah. I still like you. I think you're smart people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it goes when you see a movie where you're just like, how the fuck can people like this? <laughs> yeah, a lot of plot holes on that one, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, drenched in plot I mean, there yeah. were more holes than than opposite of holes. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, I, that's funny. I, I was down to those same two, uh, Army of the Dead or Halloween Kills, but I went with Halloween Kills because I, I thought if you have to rewatch one of these, I would take uh, Army of the Dead uh, just for like the visual aspects of it. Like I agree, like the storyline, dialogue, uh, story cohesiveness, like that's all garbage. But uh, visually, it was a lot more entertaining. And Halloween Kills, like I just didn't see any value I was bringing to the table. It didn't really further the plot that much. It tried to hit on like certain emotions or be sentimental. It kind of had like the main character locked up half the movie or most of the movie and uh it kind of you know i'm a huge fan of the franchise so i think it kind of sucked more to see michael uh being which i you know i I know some of the later movies aren't that great either but this one just felt like uh like like they're really shitting on the uh franchise so yeah for me uh halloween kills dropped to the bottom okay i feel kind of the opposite i'd rather watch kills again because there are moments in that worth seeing again there a certain are. character being killed, I wouldn't mind watching again. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. You can't tell me which character, right? No, I think it would be a spoiler. Okay, but okay. Uh, there, there are certain moments in that. You know, it had its moments, even though it was a bad movie on the whole. Yeah. Does, but, uh, uh, yeah, respect. Respect your choice. Does a zombie tiger do anything for you? <laughs> Dude, no. That's the thing. There's so many things in Army that did that really should do something for me, and yeah. they were just bungled. A horrible job directing the movie. Yeah. If you had an option between a few things that do uh, nothing for you versus a lot of things that do nothing for you, you wouldn't necessarily go for the lot of things just from a volume play? I would go for quality over quantity. Okay. And you feel like Halloween Kills had just a quality edge a little bit over... Yes, yes. There were a few moments that it were were high quality in Halloween Kills. Okay, yeah. all, right, all right. Army of the Dead had none. Okay. I feel like Army of the Dead knew what it was, though. Like, it knew it, it was just like this throwaway action film. 
Uh, it did, but it should. There were there are things that a throwaway action film does that makes it worth watching, and this <laughs> didn't do those things. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> no. some of the like most like action packed tense scenes just lacked any of the tension or yeah. action or humor. It was just like what? Yeah, yeah. I was right. just like surprised. Yep. I thought I was being I had a joke played on me. <laughs> That's another joke. theme for the year of like. For me personally, with my viewership, was mm-hmm. tonal confusion, where I was like, is this movie serious or not? Uh, I felt that way with Army of the Dead, Halloween Kills, and Malignant, and yeah. even a little bit of Last Night in Soho towards the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, it was just weird, and all the, all done by like big-name directors who've proven themselves um, yeah. multiple times over. So there was just multiple times where I was kind of scratching my head, like, have I gone crazy? Right, right. I feel like uh, directors sometimes should like come out and like write it on the screen, like, this is supposed to be funny or something, or... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, let, let us know if we're, like, supposed to be in on the joke or not. or Right. Which, Maybe, like, a closed caption for tone. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Self-aware. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, cool. Good good, good uh, pick there. Uh, I, th- I thought you might have said uh, Gone With Slacks, too. That that didn't come in as a contender? No, no. I, I don't like Slacks, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it was, well, let's see. Well, you you know what? It was it was fourth up on the, on the list. Oh, okay. Oh, so you actually looked at scores when you made this. I did look at scores. I've got my my little sheet here sorted by scores. And if anyone wants to DM me what the the, the lowest score is, I I'll tell them. But All right. just didn't. It just felt rude. Sure. We haven't even mentioned this movie, and I just didn't want to come on here and throw it under the bus. <laughs> sure, sure. All right. Um, then uh, I think our last category is uh, the best villain monster of the year. Uh, who did you have? This was really hard for me. I couldn't really think of anybody. I feel like it's going to be one of those where if I see a list after the fact, there are obvious choices that I missed. There were some where I couldn't choose the person because it would be a minor spoiler. Like, there were quite a few movies this year where the villain was um, maybe kind of like the main character was their own worst enemy and then, like, turned bad. Like... There was some psychological type stuff going on where a few characters sure. were kind of like anti-heroes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, right, where it would be like a giveaway to say who it was. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I chose a, a weird route. I chose a villain that I feel um, is embedded in, in an element of the movie that I felt was notable in an otherwise not very notable film. There was a movie this year called Come True. It dealt with sleep paralysis and nightmares. And there's this recurring nightmare that includes a dark figure with glowing eyes. Mm -hmm. And most of the scariness of this figure comes from the environment in these really creepy nightmare sequences that are unfortunately the film's only real strength. Um, So I bring it up because it's the most notable thing I can point to that's like a very clear traditional villain but even then it's not really it's kind of dreamy i feel like i failed yeah. at this answer okay. um <laughs> but if anyone's kind of curious about come true yeah it's not a great movie but there's some some dream imagery that's really interesting and, oh, cool. and maybe worth the price of admission okay. maybe not yeah that's awesome um, like a, a really well done uh villain then or like a looking yeah. creepy thing a, a good looking creepy thing yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool that's awesome uh what was your choice uh, mine was, and you know, I, I hear what you're saying about like not giving away anything, but the villain in Malignant, I thought was really cool. Um, that, like really well made up and cool story behind it and just bonkers from a plot standpoint. Uh, <laughs> so I, I want, I want to throw that movie some credit for coming up with like a creative, uh, villain there. Sure. Sure. I can totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also tempted to go with Ratma from one of the VHS 94 oh. segments, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. it didn't have much screen time, but right. the lore around him and everything, it's kind of funny. Yeah, that was a good segment. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, looking ahead. Well, actually, actually, uh, w- one more thing for this year before we just look ahead. Um, did you have, uh, outside of 2021 films, of the movies we watched and reviewed this year, any that were like top of mind for you or, or favorite rewatch or first watch? Yeah. For, of all the first watches this year, there were multiple first watches not from 2021, but that we did discuss on the podcast this mm-hmm. year that I gave a 4.5 to. Mm-hmm. But I have to go 
with one for which my affection has grown over the months since we've seen it. It's lodged in my brain due to its graphic, traumatic, and some right, like weirdly fun violence. Um, and that is Inside from 2007. Oh, wow. That was, wow. I think it's just awesome on all fronts, like the acting, the directing, photography, screenplay, just like action-packed wild ride that is unforgettable, a truly unforgettable movie. Yeah. Wow. Good for you, man. I'm a little worried about you. Uh, these, these are some pretty like disturbing uh, films that, that you're getting into. Building a <laughs> Join me. For. Join me in 2022 as we go further down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I know. Yikes. <laughs> um, cool. Good, good. Good pick. That that was a, that was really good actually. I, I, I like that one a lot more than I thought I would. That was, that was a fun watch. Uh, only a few scenes where I had to look away. I think. <laughs> uh, uh, how about you? What was your favorite first time watch of the year that wasn't a 2021 release? Uh, yeah, my uh, favorite first time watch uh, is an old film that um, you know I'd heard about for years, but uh, never gotten around to seeing. Uh, was Deliverance? I, I just thought that was a really cool, unique story, um, and like so different than anything we've been seeing. And you can like kind of draw. Uh, a, a lot of like real day comparisons back to like that story in terms of like what some of the underlying themes were. So that was, that was a fun watch. Cool, man. Yeah, that was fun. And it's so influential on the hillbilly horror genre of which we've covered plenty of movies. So interesting to look back and, and see the granddaddy of it all. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. And I, I feel like it's held up really well too over time. It has for sure. Done a good job. Cool. All right. Uh, well, then I think that brings us to the last uh, topic here. So looking ahead into the new year, uh, what are you looking forward to next year? Scream. Scream in January. Yeah. Hoping it's good. Uh, I've got tempered expectations after 2021 and all the new releases we saw in the theater there. Um, but nevertheless, I look forward to it. I'm looking forward to Nope from Jordan Peele, which I know very little about, but it's there. Again, Terrifier 2. Didn't love the first one, but I'm weirdly excited for it just because, not unlike Inside, Terrifier just lives in this specific dark part of my brain as a vivid memory, and I feel like I simply must see the next one. And it may not be horror. I'm a little confused about its genre, but The Northman from Robert Eggers, who did The Witch in the Lighthouse, is possibly my most anticipated film in general for 2022. Yeah, Anya's coming back, right? Yeah. Be good to see Indeed. Um, so, yeah, that dynamic duo of Robert Eggers and Anya back together again, it's just hard not to be excited for that. Yeah. I really hope there are, like, some... I, I imagine they're going to be, like, core elements. Yeah, that. I've seen it called a thriller, so okay. we'll see. Okay. Uh, how about you? Um, yeah, I had Nope, uh, Terrifier 2, um, Halloween Ends. Uh, I, yeah, I just want to see this trilogy kind of wrap up, given how bad the second one was. Um, and then Evil Dead Rise, uh, it seems like Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell are putting together that. Yes, and I just hold the original and the 23, 2013 remake so near and dear to my heart that I'm just like nervous to be excited for that. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to expect there. But it, everything I've heard, it's like it's going to be pretty serious and, and scary. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's I, I hear what you're saying, like those two are so good. Um, you know, I, Scream, I, I kind of took off the list after we saw Scream 3, because I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I know, right? That made me less excited for 5. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get a little ridiculous, uh, but we're going to watch 4 pretty soon here, right? I have a feeling we'll feel differently after 4. Oh, okay. That'll get us excited again? I hope so. All right. All right. I hope you're right. Cool. Well, were there any movies or any, anything you wanted to mention uh, that, that we didn't get to? Uh, maybe I'll do a quick uh, rundown of some of our stats from our little spreadsheet I've got in front of me. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. So our top five high, most highly rated between the two of us movies that we covered on the podcast this year, released in any year, number one was Paranormal Activity. It's the only movie we both gave a five this year. Mm, wow. Okay. And then number two was a three-way tie at an average score of 4.75 for Deliverance, Shaun of the Dead, and A Quiet Place Part 2. Sounds right. And then in the number three slot was another three-way tie at an average score of 4.5 for Carrie, Aliens, and Gremlins 2. (laughs) (laughs) Gremlins 2. I love that we both loved Gremlins 2 so much. (laughs) I know. And not just like thought it was fun, but like had legitimate respect for it. Yeah, yeah. That was a surprisingly smart film. That was good. Yeah. 
Uh, our biggest ratings gaps of the year. Number one was the craft. I gave it a four and you gave it a 1.5. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you angered some people with that one. Yeah, sure. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I gave a three and a half and you gave a one and a half. Mm. Hunter Hunter was a Patreon episode. You gave that a 4.5 and I thought it was average at 2.5. Oh, man. That was a great movie. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, that episode may or may not be out yet, so maybe I won't reveal the gap on that one. And that's going to be a Patreon, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a three-way tie uh, for the Blair Witch Project, Event Horizon, and Return of the Living Dead, all of which I liked more. I liked them better than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about, like, what was, like, the worst film uh, on there for us? Halloween Kills was unanimously, that was a 1.25 average. So that was our worst score of the year. Oh, okay. Got it. And then uh, at an average of 1.75 was The Lords of Salem and Army of the Dead. At an average score of two was 30 Days of Night, and an average score of 2.25 was Mayhem and Scream 3. Wow. Okay. So on average, I gave the movie, I gave movies on average this year a 3.6, and you gave it 3.4. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So we're perhaps frustratingly in step for our <laughs> listeners. I know. We got to gotta break, uh, gotta start going in different directions here. <laughs> a little more heated. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, it's, it's been a fun year, though. It has, man. It's been a really fun year. Yeah. Uh, any other stats uh, that jumping out to you? You know, I've got some other stats, but they, they might get a little boring here. So I, I think <laughs> I'll uh, I'll wrap wrap it all up. Okay. It's cool. only forty seven minutes, like, though. I, I guess I could keep going. Yeah, I thought you were going into like standard deviations, uh, other stats. <laughs> I was going to go into the top ten uh, horror movies at the domestic box office this year. Oh. Oh. Okay. Did we see all those? No, we didn't, but I just thought it could be informative for the listener. But do you want me to or no? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. All right. First was A Quiet Place Part 2 at number 8 at the box office. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife was number 10. Godzilla vs. Kong was number 12 at the box office. Halloween Kills was number 14. Conjuring 3 was number 18. Candyman was number 19. The Addams Family 2 was number 21. Old was number 25. Still haven't seen that one. Uh, the Forever Purge at number 28. I haven't seen any of those movies, man. Maybe we should cover the first one. Yeah, maybe we should start that one. And Don't Breathe 2 was number 34 at the box office. Okay. Man, I tried to watch that on a plane. It wasn't going very well. I'm not excited for that one. I was, yeah. yeah. That's Anita part two. <laughs> I don't know who's asking about that. <laughs> uh, Netflix's most watched horror movie was Army of the Dead, and Shudder's most watched uh, were VHS 94, The Boy Behind the Door, and Stay Out of the Attic. Okay. Cool. And uh, that's all I got about stats, aside from a percentage uh, breakdown of what decades we've covered, but I'll spare the listeners from just right. reading a bunch of numbers. <laughs> all right. Well, I think you put a chart out there pretty recently, too. On, like, I did Facebook put a right? chart out on our socials. So, yeah, that was for the podcast as a whole, and this would be for the specific year. But, sure. yeah, I'll, I'll spare everybody. There's probably one person who's sad about that. but. <laughs> All Everyone right. else is breathing a sigh of relief. Is that one person you may be here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you see me. You saw right through. I'll be all right. All right. Ben. I'll read it to myself after this. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, any, anything else? Uh, I think we should thank some people. You want to thank some people? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, who do you want to thank? Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, all the listeners, all the Patreon supporters. Thank you all for uh, another amazing year of uh, engaging with us, listening to the episodes, giving us feedback. Uh, it's it's been amazing. Um, and uh, and thank you, thank you, Brian. It's been a lot of fun uh, working with you on this. Yeah, man. Thank you as always. Ashran edits every episode, everybody. So thank you so much for that, Ash, and and for our awesome intro music. Uh, very much appreciated. Ah, yeah, thanks. And. Yeah, thank you for the fun. This is still a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you to everyone who rated us. Thanks to Alex, who continuously provides these Arcane Ohio connections for us. Uh, thanks to everybody on our Discord server. I'm just in awe of that. It's such a cool community we have there. Um, I encourage anybody who's curious about it to go to horrormovieclub.com, click social links, and cl- click Discord. Uh, so many great people on there having great discussions. I just... There's watch parties going on pretty regularly there. 
I'm proud of how consistent we've been there with watch parties. Not necessarily me, but a lot of people there are hosting them and, uh, and just doing a great job being consistent and engaging with people. Uh, I'm just impressed, blown away by that community on Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patreon supporters, I'll list them real quick by name. Thank you to Lonnie, Bill, Billy, Emily, Lisa, Landon, Tyler, Sloan, Catherine, Stephen, Kate, Rob, Andrew, Jason, Ben, Amy, Alex, Mike, Don, Tim, Adam, Jordan, Bjorn, Amy, Cooper, Sam, Margot, Blake, Moonmonk, Becca, King, and Kelly. Thank you all so much. It's been a huge help for us financially uh, that the show doesn't really cost us money anymore. So that's very nice to know. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening. It's it's great to know that that you're out there listening. Whereas at the beginning, we kind of just felt like we were talking to each other. And, and that's all we need, but we love having you guys out there joining yeah. us for this. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening. And uh, big thanks to Amy May, uh, or, yeah, for, for the pop art and the logo. Yes, yeah. Go to Etsy.com and search Amy May Pop Art for great horror art, or you can go to Etsy.com and search Horror Movie Club Coaster Set, and you'll find a coaster set that she designed with uh, some horror movie characters and our logo on there. So Yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, should we wrap All right, it up? man. Well, that was a fun episode. It's been a great year. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully another year of fun, good content. Hopefully some yeah. more uh, disagreements between us. Indeed. Yeah. And I've uh, I've got to get uh, I've got some boxes to check on this nerd newbometer that I invented and posted on our Patreon page. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I might start delving into some more obscure stuff. Yeah, I'll get around to filling it out. I think this week I've got a lot of time. So I'll, I'll, I can't I'll wait. I want to check our scores together. All right. All right. <laughs> Good goal for next year. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, everybody. We'll still pick some uh, big-name movies, too, to, to keep keep uh, keep you interested, regardless, regardless of how hardcore you are. Yep, yep. We got you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh, cool, yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye.